Demas? It's Demas. Demas? No. Demas? Demas? Demas. Demas. Welcome to Displaced in Space, a Star Trek Voyager podcast. I'm Angelina. And I'm Sam. And we're recapping the series as we watch each episode for the first time. We don't know what happens to the characters or whether the crew even gets home. But we're definitely along for the ride. And today we're talking about the episode titled Warlord. Season 3, episode 10. It was written by Lisa Klink, Andrew Shepard Price, and Mark Gaberman and directed by David Livingston. It first aired November 20th, 1996 to 4.7 million homes. IMDb says a dying warlord determined to retake his home planet takes over Kess's body. I say this is the one where the villain waited 200 years to feel like a natural woman. If you heard our last episode, you know that uh, we've got a, a newborn child. You wouldn't know it by the child making any noise whatsoever <laughs> during the podcast, oh, just yeah. because we said that we have a newborn child. But um, I'm going to be honest. I <laughs> we, I watched this episode. I know I did. Oh. Um, but it was like eight days and six hours of sleep ago. <laughs> so... A lot of this is coming across as new to me when I read the notes that Angelina was kind enough to take. Um, so it, it, I'll be discovering this episode all over again in a lot of ways. <laughs> but there are definitely some things I, I do remember, and there's a lot there's a lot to talk about in this episode yes. that I don't think the writers intended. <laughs> right. And it's not bad. It's not good, and it's not bad. It, but it's, it's interesting. It's very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Oh yeah, I'll start. I'll go ahead and start. Okay. And I do have like a nitpick right off the bat, oh, which no. I'm sure is annoying. But <laughs> so we start off in the holodeck, mm-hmm. and it's uh, it's a holodeck program of Neelix's. Yeah. And he's getting his foot rubbed by a hot lady Talaxian in a way that makes it seem as if um, feet are to Talaxians as ears are to Ferengi. Yeah, it does. And he's, you can tell he's got little prosthetic feet. Yeah. It's not the actor's feet. feet, It's because they're over, they're like hobbit feet. Yeah, they are. With, with little speckles on them. Yeah, yeah, like the, the, the spots that Neelix has. Mm -hmm. Um, but they were hairy, right? Like somewhat hairy? They had some hair, yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And just larger. Um, (laughs) <laughs> you said here in your notes, this seems sexual adjacent. Yeah. Yeah, it did. He was getting a lot out of it, and then... But he had, like, he's a girlfriend. He's a girlfriend. And then it goes back to, like, okay, holodeck. Now, this is interesting. Like, I don't know. Never mind. I'm not going to go there. But it's just, like... <laughs> you leave us all waiting. Is no. it, is it, is <laughs> now it, we have to go there. Is it cheating if it's a fake holodeck? Like, is, well, sexual adjacent You can go anyways. there. What's wrong with going there? Yeah, so like, oh, were you talking? Were you thinking about in terms of like pornography that yeah, some people partake in yeah, while they are in relationships yeah, and things like that? So that's fine. 
And so it's like, mm, this, but the holodeck, it's like, it's more than porn. Like, and, and then, but this is also like, it's just adjacent. It's not like actual sexual. No, you I think know? that's a valid question. I know it's mm-hmm. a, it's a little dirty on this family show that we have here, <laughs> but no, I mean, it, I feel like there's levels. Yeah. And you guys can email us at displacedinspacepodcast at gmail.com if you agree or disagree, but I, yeah, I feel like people in committed relationships maybe don't care or don't care as much if their partner is maybe viewing pornography, right? Yeah. I might be saying too much now, right? <laughs> but then, like, if it went to the next level, maybe you found out, and, like, nowadays we live in a world where you have the metaverse and you have, like, those Oculus goggles yeah. and these types of things. So and now what like if you find out closer, that... Icky. Yeah, yeah, they're getting physical sensations from it and engaging mm-hmm. in a way that's supposed to be more realistic. You're not just yeah. viewing now. Right. And you're interacting. And then yeah. the holodeck, I think, would be the next stage beyond that, where right. it's very immersive. Yeah. And I would feel that it was cheating. Yeah. Or I would feel too. like, okay, I'm obviously not doing something for you that you need. That you yeah. need. That I can provide. I guess that's the thing is I can provide it. Yeah. If the holodeck can do it, I can. I should be able to do it, especially... Yeah. In this way, like Kes can rub Neelix's feet, right? So why is Neelix getting foot rub from this some other person? Yeah, but then it's like uh, the other. Some other people might say oh, it's just a foot rub. It's essentially a massage, right? And there are foot massagers, foot masseuses, masseuses yeah. yeah, out there. Um, yeah, that's true. Nothing that mm-hmm. goes off in a direction Different. too, though. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, anyway, no, I think that's a good question, and I had the exact same thought, and maybe people out there listening mm-hmm. did too. It's one thing if you see Tom or Harry or whoever doing it because they're single, yeah. But I would think the same thing if I saw Tuvok doing it. You know yeah, I mean? exactly. Like, hey, you got a wife, and why is this lady rubbing your feet? Yeah, but even then, it's different because Kess lives on the ship. Ship, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Um, this whole scene is is filled with a lot. I think this scene is more interesting than the rest of the episode. (laughs) Because then Tom, Paris, and Harry Kim come along. And they're watching, they're watching (laughs) Kim get his foot rubbed. And you're like, "Mm, okay. (laughs) And then they're wearing their, like, civilian gear. No one wears more civilian gear on this show than Tom, Paris, and Harry Kim. That's very true, yeah. And Tom, Paris always ends up in brown ugliness yeah i don't know why they put him in that and then i remember when we first saw it i was like i actually like what harry kim's wearing it's this robe thing yeah but then you look a little bit closer and you go oh wait it's sheer yeah <laughs> so that was interesting too i always i always like to see what they're gonna put these guys in i know it's so weird like in the i don't care as long as i live i don't care if i make it to the 24th century i'm not walking around in sheer in a sheer top no no it was very interesting um and then neelix tells him that this is actually a, a recreation of a real place uh, that talaxians enjoy it'd be like the talaxian riza i guess yeah. well that's how i described it yeah, yeah. um but only rich Talaxians could go there. Whereas Ryza is for anybody. And then I thought it was kind of close-minded and insulting for Tom Paris and Harry Kim to be like, oh, well, we're going to like jazz this up. Yeah, this is boring. It's like, yeah, but it's like of his culture. It's like yeah. of his background. Like, I, I think that's like somewhat offensive, you know? Yeah, It'd be it like is. if 
if someone made me a meal that was of their culture and I was like, eh, it's all right. You know what? It, it needs, needs more hot sauce, sauce or something. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> like, and it's like, okay, well, now it's not theirs. Now they're not sharing this thing with you. Now that you, now you're just like <laughs> crapping all over their thing. Yes. And they do, and they make it more fun, supposedly, but it really just ends up being like a cabana situation yeah. on That's Earth in yeah. the 20th century. So they change the people on the holodeck into different outfits. They make more beachy type drinks. And then they uh, added Harry Kim's all girls volleyball team that he, and then you put in quotes, plays volleyball with. I don't even remember that. Ugh. Really? An yeah. all girls volleyball team shows up? Yeah, but they don't, they're not in their volleyball outfits. They're like in like sexy outfits. Like beach volleyball? Not like indoor volleyball. But it doesn't matter because they weren't dressed like they were playing volleyball. Not they even were, beach volleyball? No, they were dressed beach like... Beach volleyball can... I mean, they just wear bikinis yeah. and stuff. They're just Sometimes. like sexy. Like, yeah, I guess they had swimsuits on hmm. with the heels. What is this? Yeah. And, um... Yeah, so that's... So, ugh. It's like the whole holodeck is only for perversion. Yeah, weird In some stuff. way, yeah. yeah. But they're all out in the open with it. Yeah. But like Tom Paris, he had Ricky. And yeah. He just straight up tells everybody, I have Ricky in all my things. Yeah. Like, that's weird. Uh, I guess they have no, they, they don't have any problems with sex stuff, Sam. So. I guess not. We're They're the not prudes. prudes. Yeah. yeah. We still have to evolve 400 years yeah. to get on their level. Mm-hmm. And then they put on Caribbean music and now it's a party. And Neelix actually likes it. Now, I thought this was a total missed opportunity for us to learn something more about uh, what was the planet called? Talax or Talaxia? Talax- I think it's Talaxia. I don't know. Talax. See what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> We've got this Talaxian on there, but we we know so little about he about his culture. Right. And um, and I thought it was like it. They just. I don't know why you would have why you would show Neelix's resort planet, but. Then a not have it be interesting and b even tell the have the other characters point out that it's not interesting when yeah. you could have just made it interesting. Yeah. And then what if you know we wouldn't always see it on the holodeck, but like what if every once in a while we do see Neelix's cool planet or his contribution to the holodeck? Yeah. And then hence like the talaxian contribution to the star trek lore yeah and instead i'm like i don't care about the talaxians at this point no even though it's this new race and and someone whose presence we see every week so i that's why i feel like it was a missed opportunity um and i was kind of disappointed by that Mm -hmm. and then the other thing that's weird is okay so then harry kim and tom paris get called to the bridge and then they ask Neelix to save the program for them. And then what Neelix like does a little dance or something. Yeah. And then that's it. That's our that's our teaser or whatever. That's what for, gets you into the to, episode. for the episode. Yeah. But nothing happened. No. There was no no conflict, no allusion to conflict or anything. It was just two guys or three guys hanging out on the ship. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not doing anything interesting. No. And then the music plays, which, but then it's even more strange because then, I'm going to steal this one real quick, because then when when we come back from the theme song, we see Kess is in her quarters and she gets called away to sickbay because they have incoming casualties coming on to Voyager. They should wouldn't have ended they, with that. Yeah, yeah. Wouldn't you switch that around? 
So again, nitpicking, but you know, I gave fair warning that I was going to be nitpicking on that. But just because, yeah, just why wouldn't you? Mm-hmm. Why would you structure it that way? Yeah. So. Okay, now I'll stop hogging this episode that I barely remember. But I do think that I wonder if they're going to change out Shay Sandrini or Sandrine for this. Right. Oh yeah, I don't want to mention that too. Yeah, that like if. If they had devoted more thought to Neelix's planet, that's like another set that you have to build. Right. And those types of things. And so, you know, I get that there there are practical limitations on that kind of a thing, but you would just just don't throw Neelix's planet under the bus, I guess. No, they could have just like decided that they're bored and like, let's do a beach. Because everywhere, like on every, like, yeah. And Neelix could say, oh, we don't really have beaches on my planet. Right. Oh, here's a beach. Mm, interesting. Yeah. Then you get a different scene out of it. After the Voyager music, after Kes gets called the way, we are on the bridge, and Harry and Kim, Harry Kim and Tom Paris show up in their holodeck outfits, which again is yeah. fine for Tom, but again, Harry's in a see-through robe, and you're like, mm. <laughs> imagine if they talk to somebody on the. The view screen, and yeah. they just look up there. They're like, why is this guy, like, like in a see-through robe? Just <laughs> once, like, we should get that from our perspective for some other race, yeah. where instead of all their people being in uniform, you see, like, one person is clearly Ouch. come from their vacation or yeah. whatever. <laughs> so funny. Uh, there is a crashed ship out there, and it's not holding up. Uh, there are passengers on board, and they can't. The Voyager can't beam them out unless they get closer to the damaged ship. Um, so of course they get closer. Um, however, at the ri- at the range that they go in, they're gonna they could possibly get blown up. But Janeway doesn't care. She's like, I love people. I love danger. Yeah, I am a Federation <laughs> representative in so, this place where the Federation doesn't exist. They lock onto the passengers, beam them out, and they the ship uh, Voyager leaves right as the ship blows up. And of course, Voyager doesn't get any damage. Nah. So then in sick bay. Kess and the Doctor, and then three passengers are there, and Kess and the Doctor are working on them, but one of them passes away. And then the wife of that the dead person, um, she's all distraught, and she's like ho- insisting that they save her husband, but there's nothing that they can do. He's gone. And then all of a sudden, Kess gets really like uncomfortably close to her and hugs the wife, hugs her. And then, so that's kind of our first clue that something's up with with Kess in this episode. Yeah, dun dun dun, little mini dun dun duns. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we're in Janeway, uh, Janeway, and the two um, passengers are in her office or her ready room. Hold on, did you do the mini dun 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 because we have a baby in the room and you don't want to shout? No, because we oh, okay. because the big the big reveal hasn't shown up. Oh, okay, so it's okay. like mini dun dun dun. So will you give us a big dun 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 yes. if if it's called for? Yes, and okay. it will be called for. Sorry, baby. Oh uh, yeah, exactly. Um, the two passengers explain how they were chased around the sector and they fought the people who were chasing them off, but the ship was damaged. And um, Janeway asked who was chasing them, and they were just very vague, and they're like, "Oh, mercenaries and thieves," which are lies. <laughs> Uh, Gypsies, tramps, and thieves. Yeah, mercy. Yeah, exactly. The wife had good things to say about Kess, and Voyager is taking them back to their home world, Elari. So, 
we're back in Neelix's holodeck program, which is, I would say now is Tom Paris and Harry Kim's holodeck program. <laughs> really, yeah. Uh, uh, that they bullied him out of. <laughs> and he's there. And then we see, and what said we get to see? Yeah, we get to see. Okay, we get to see Blanator is in a swimsuit. Yeah. Which uh, I wasn't watching the show anymore in the 90s. Don't, I'm almost positive because I would have remembered some of this stuff, but that yeah. would have made my teenage day. Yeah, because they put her in the blue and the blue works really nicely with everything. Yes. So, yeah. It was the color scheme that I would have been impressed with. <laughs> and, um... But, uh, but Neelix, Yeah, he was hoping he was to see Kess in there, but she's busy. She has a life. She has a job. Uh, but they were actually supposed to meet. And then Torres... Uh, she also added a hot man to the program, since Harry Kim and Tom Ferris um, can't be the only perverts on the ship. Yeah, if you're gonna, yeah, you're gonna have you're gonna have Harry Kim's volleyball team on there. You're gonna have a, a hot man in like a tight <laughs> outfit there as well. Yeah, the Torres. Um, um, yeah, she 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 needs some loving too. It's lonely on the ship for for her, <laughs> even though Tom Ferris is right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, she, she actually likes this program, yeah. and which is kind of strange. I mean, it's she's only half Klingon, I guess. And I wouldn't think a Klingon wouldn't care for any of this. This would be way too soft. Yeah. So this is her human side, I guess. That that is um, really liking it. Yeah. So you say here that you don't like this as much as Shay Sandrine, though. Well, I feel like it wouldn't be as fun because, like, I I guess like. I like to visit... When I go on vacation, I like to visit cities. I like to do yeah. things. Mm-hmm. I don't like to sit on the beach because other than like going into the ocean, there's literally nothing to do. And you're like, what am I supposed to do? Like, supposed I guess to be relaxing. You could read a book, yeah. but the sun's beating down on you. And like you can like... Um, like listen to music you can play volleyball but i guess there are things you can do but it's just like there's not a lot to do like there's more to do in like shay sandrine like you can play pool you can like um you can play pool you can drink you can like hang out and try to like play the gigolo game the gigolo is there <laughs> yeah the gigolo game um, can you can you not have your your woman or man stolen by the gigolo yeah, yeah. like i don't know it just like again like i would be more comfortable like and like a place like chase and dream than mm-hmm. i am at the beach i guess yeah we never go to the beach we've i don't think we've ever been on the sand simultaneously have we yeah because every time we like i, we go, oh, I, we like, I do yeah a long time ago, ago. yeah a very long time ago and then we figured out that we're not beach people no and you usually like to go put your feet in the sand and i don't even do that uh, yeah like you have to coffee in a cafe you do have to get your feet <laughs> in the sand and you do have to put your feet in the ocean at least a little bit and when i was younger my family were beach people that's what we did we went to the beach and mm-hmm. but we but we were little kids and we played all day in the waves and stuff but like my mom hated it and like she liked to go to the little shops and again like i would rather go to the shops than spend any time at the right, beach right but anyways so like again it just seems like more boring mm-hmm. to me like <laughs> yeah i don't know they f- i don't know yeah they found the who knows? Maybe it was like an edict from UPN, though, that was like, we need to make this show sexier. Sadly, yeah. that's a thing that has happened and maybe still happens, you know, in television. Yeah. And so it was like, well, how do we make it sexy? They're, they're Starfleet officers, officers in space. Right. Like, oh, we can have this beach setting. And in now, in no, fact, I mean, now that I say it, I'm that's that's my headcanon. Yeah. Like, that is what happened. Because that's the only reason why you have Torres in a bikini 
She was in a bikini. She was in a one suit. Well, it was it one? Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. And then, but still, she's showing way more skin than you would ever think Torres ever would. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah. Um, well, especially when you see, remember her from her pajamas. Yeah, exactly. Like, you think about, like, her pajamas. It wasn't a little, like, little nighty or anything. Yeah. No. So, yeah. So, yeah. Okay, well, we're on to you again, UPN. <laughs> so, we go to... Trans- oh, plus, plus the, um, the, the, um, autocrat male villain in this episode is the sexiest woman that you'll ever see <laughs> on television, too, so that, that also might be a sign that they said sex it up. Let's sex it like, up. Well, our villain is this, is this domineering man that we said what we said, sex it up. They're like, all right. So do we make him a woman? <laughs> a sexy woman? <laughs> and we'll find out in just a moment. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Um, so we're in transporter room one, and Kes and the two safe passengers are there, and she's walking them through the transporter technology. Um, and again, it goes back to, like, as all of the, like, high, um, like, all of the, with all the people, like, all the different uh, races. Like races that they meet. And who, uh, they're all advanced technology, mm-hmm. but nobody has the transporter technology. Yeah, that's, that's what sets Voyager apart, yeah. which is, I think, really cool. Um, I wonder if they've done a story like line like that in Star Trek for the Alpha Quadrant. I know Enterprise had an episode about the person who invented the transporter, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um but it's like, how did, so did he do it first and then it spread throughout the quadrant? Right. Or did um, did they all develop it individually? But in that case, like, it doesn't make sense. That, so like, did the Romulans develop theirs simultaneously or at least, you know, in isolation from from Voyage, or not from Federation. Yeah. 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 But then if they did, then why wouldn't, most people in the Delta Quadrant have also developed it. Right. Especially when they're typically, yeah, like you say, more advanced in a lot of ways yeah. than Alpha Quadrant races. So. Yeah, interesting. Um, but uh, So Kes is walking them through it, but she gets interrupted by Neelix, who wants Kes to go um, on their lunch date on the, on the holodeck. Kes apologizes, and then she goes. So then we go back to the holodeck, and Kes and Neelix are there, and... Um, it's like this awkward conversation where Kes tells Neelix that she feels basically she feels like um, he's kind of possessive, right? Yeah. Like he he doesn't like it when that she's having to spend time with other people, um, but they've got these new passengers and she wants to spend time with these new passengers. But he feels like she's only spending time with those new passengers. Well, I think she is. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, she wants Neelix to understand that. You know, she has to kind of spend time with him or whatever. And um, he wants to also spend time with Kes and the two passengers then. But Kes is, that's where she's like, well, it bothers you that she wants to have friends on her own. But there's a difference between having friends on your own and like spending all of your free time with those friends and ignoring your boyfriend. Right, right. Um, But he always involves her in his life or involves himself in her life. And uh, he wants to spend most of his time with Kes, but Kes doesn't want to spend most of her time with Neelix. And that they kind of bring that up too, right? Like, we shouldn't we at least hang out more than you hang out with your friends? Like yeah, saying, it's like, yeah. and then it's like, he, she, she's like, he's like, I don't want, it's not a duty or obligation. You should want to spend time with me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if we're dating, you should want to spend time with the person you're dating. Right, right. So then she breaks up with Neelix. Mm-hmm. And I go, fine. 
really good. I'm so glad. And it, like, this is the first time, like the first time I watched this, I didn't realize what was going on. And um, I was like, oh, good. They finally decided to break him up. But I was wrong. <laughs> I wonder if that was UPN telling them too. Like we need her single and ready to mingle because <laughs> she's, you know, an attractive uh. humanoid person on the show. <laughs> and we can't have her tethered to this weird Muppet. But they didn't. But they didn't break up in real life. They didn't break up. I'm wondering though. Is they going to further episode? I hope they're going to break yeah. up. Yeah, because because they didn't really like deal with it in a concrete way, right? At the mm-hmm. end of this episode, no. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, we're. I mean, I think more than inferring that that she's doing this because she's kind of possessed, right? Yes. But. Uh, yeah, it wasn't like at the end of the episode they don't have that moment where she's like, "Oh, Neil looks like I could never leave you" or whatever. Yeah, no. And everything mm-hmm. they say kind of is true, and we already know we've known since first season, right? That they're a terrible couple. couple. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so mm-hmm. maybe that that'll open up more storylines, or maybe not. Maybe it'll just get dropped. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, who knows? Voyager is floating through space, and then Janeway gives her log, and so Voyager's finally reached Alari, and they have contacted the Artok to let Artok to let him know about the passengers. But the Artok isn't actually going; he just sends an official is it representative. Artok or Artok? It's Artok. Yeah. Oh. Um, he's sending an official representative to come onto Voyager okay. instead in his place. So then, in the transporter room, the passengers are there. The the passengers from before. And then Janeway and Kess, and they come onto the ship, and uh, it's the official representative. He's beamed over, and um, as soon as he gets there, Kess shoots him. Yeah. Dun, dun, Kess. dun. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> That's what we wanted. Um, shoots him, and then there's a random officer that's uh, working in the transporter room, and he gets shot. And then Janeway pushes Kess up against the wall and kind of holds her there. On the bridge, Tuvok tells Chakotay that a phaser has been fired in transporter room one. And Janeway calls for an emergency, but then she gets knocked out by the male passenger. Mm-hmm. Is he the one who I thought might have been Bismarcky? Yeah, there's a, so. yeah. There's a guy on the show that I that I end up that I was almost positive was Bismarcky, and I had to look him up. And, and he, he was, was not Bismarcky, oh. <laughs> no. <laughs> but I, he looked like it. Um, Kessa orders him to seal the transporter, and then they beam a shuttlecraft out of Voyager, and then all of them get on the transporter pad. We're on the bridge, and Harry Kim says that the two Alari and Kess be- have beamed onto the shuttlecraft. It's that very they complicated. Out. Yeah. Uh, they, they got a lot done while the Voyager was taking them to their home planet. Uh, Voyager can't get a lock on them or their shuttlecraft. Uh, the shuttlecraft goes to warp, and then Chakotay tells Paris to follow them, but Paris can't find their warp trail or pick them up on the long-range sensors. Two rock reports from the transporter room that the official representative that was beamed onto the ship is dead, and so is the random Voyager crew member working the transporter. And Janeway is now in sick bay. Harry Kim said that they were able to repress their warp signature so like Voyager literally can't find them yeah and in that shuttle uh, we see Kess and then those two so Kess the wife of the dead person yeah the person I thought was no no he's not there yet and then there's that other the other person is there yeah and um Kess kind of gets a headache and then the wife notices and Kess gets annoyed by her asking yeah. questions. And she says she's worse than the Talaxian. Yeah, like, ugh. Yeah. And I thought um, the the woman playing the wife did like some good um, 
like I mean, if it's sports, you'd say like off the ball, you know, activity or whatever. Like she wasn't, she didn't have dialogue. She wasn't even, you know, the main thing, but you kind of pay attention to her. And she was, she was doing good acting in, yeah. in responding and, and noticing Kess's, um change in demeanor, which really is like her husband's change in demeanor. Yeah. And, you know, just, just reacting to all that. Well, that was, she did a good job. Um, so they're over the encampment that they're trying to get to, and there are 400 men waiting on Kess's orders. And then they beam up a soldier. This is the guy that I thought looked like Bismarck. Oh, okay. Yeah. And so the so Kess is actually possessed by a person named uh, Taryn? Yeah. Tyrion? Tyrion, mm-hmm. I think, right? Tyrion, yeah. yeah. And um, so he took over Kess's body when that other body died at the beginning of the episode. And... Um, he thinks that she's a suitable replacement. Yeah, <laughs> I think he's more. She's more than suitable for him. Uh, exactly. We find out later. Yeah. Um, and then I'm like, ah, oh, the breakup with Neelix wasn't was real. It? No, but, but maybe it is. Maybe so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They uh, they spent years on this attack, and they're not okay with the, that. Tyrion is a little girl, so all these the other passengers. <laughs> yeah, it took him for a loop. But um, then Tyrion is able to hurt the soldier with Kess's mind. So mm-hmm. notices that Kess has these like magical powers, basically. Yeah. And then Tyrion uh, makes the soldier's brain bleed. And I thought it was interesting that the, with these aliens, they have, again, like the, the nose bridge prosthesis. But it almost comes across as extra nostrils. Yeah. So these ridges and things that these ones have actually seem to serve a, a biological function. It's not just strange ridges, mm-hmm. you know, that are that have some different decoration than the aliens from the week before. They actually they breathe out of them. It seems like because he's bleeding out of these little nose holes yeah. that he has. Yeah. And then so then that convinces uh, Bismarcky to give. Kess slash Tyrion, his loyalty. Yeah. So uh, we're, we see Voyager in space, and Janeway gives her captain log, and Voyager's holding a meeting with Demis, who's the Artox heir, to find out exactly what happened. And then in a conference room, um, we see that Demas and the Voyager crew sitting there, and Demas... Is it Demas? It's Demis. Demis? No. Uh, oh. Demas? Yeah. Demas? Demas. Demos. Demos. He says they wanted to kill the Artok, and that was his father, mm-hmm. since that's who they invited up to the ship. But those passengers that they had earlier, those were political extremists, and Kess became possessed by a dangerous man who figured out how to cheat death. And that's, that's who Tyrion is, and he's been alive for two centuries. And two centuries ago, he was the Artok, and he was a great ruler during a time of unrest but during peace, he went crazy and paranoid, and the people finally revolted, and they burned the city and the Imperial Hall. Uh, Tyrion was defeated, but he figured out how to transfer his mind into other people's bodies, and that's what he did with Kess. And he acted enough like Kess to fool everyone, except he had to get her out of that terrible relationship she was in. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's the only uncharacteristic thing she did. Um so she must still be in there, uh, and Janeway wants the doctor to try to investigate the original body and uh, um, 
to see if they can maybe transfer, you know, how the transfer works, because they want to try to get Kess back. And Janeway is not interested in using Voyager to help Damas and his cause. She just wants to get Kess back and have Tyrion's consciousness removed. Um, and that's all, you know, close enough to help both of their interests at this point, because that would be, in effect, stopping Tyrion. Yeah. And that's what Damas wants to do. I feel like this is almost like a Star Wars plot. Because there's a lot of because it's like body transference type things that don't really have much. They don't even make an attempt to explain it scientifically. Yeah, like he just figured out how to do it. Oh no, they do tell him just how we. How oh we, really? How we did it? Yeah. How do you transfer your consciousness? Well, we'll get there when mm, we get there. Okay. So there's all they, they explain it with science. Oh, um, okay. You're fine. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to Star Wars on my Star Trek. We're on the bridge, and they've located the missing shuttlecraft, and Janeway and Damas both go to the bridge. Uh, four people boomed into the Imperial Hall, and they can't beam them onto Voyager because there's a force field around the structure keeping them inside. So, And then down in that Imperial Hall... Oh, you do this scene. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> this is where we see um, Tyrion really enjoying his new body, right? Yeah. So, Kiss and Tyrion and uh, the political extremists, they go in and shoot up the whole place, killing people as they go. And Kiss ki- kills the Artok, but leaves the son alive. So, the Artok has two sons. Uh, the heir is actually up in Voyager. Um, and then... That was Demos, Demos, right? yeah. yeah. And then uh, he has another son, like the Spare. Um, and they find out that um, Demos was on Voyager. So, Kiss gets the talisman. So, I guess that's like a crown. And puts it on her neck. Um, and makes a speech about how it was stolen from her, but now it is where it belongs. Or him, because it's actually a guy. It's Tyrion yeah, in Kess's body. Yeah. Tyrion in Kess's body. Tyrion is really enjoying being a lady. He even flirts with a soldier, saying, like, um, so the soldier that looks like Bismarcky, um, he's going to now be the first Castilian. And um, But she, she gives him the first Castilian in the most sexy way you can. And you're like... Like, and she's all dressed up in leather. So, like, okay, so this is a man who's in Kess's body, and he's all dressed up in, like, really tight leather, like, very sexy outfit. And then he sexily, like, tells um the soldier guy that he's going to be the first Castilian. He's, like, breathy and, like, in his ears. Yeah. And, like, yeah, like, and everything about it is just, like, slinky and, yes. like, yeah, seductive and... Yeah, and he it's took like, to that like right, right away. away, and it's like, well, at this point, we don't know how he acted in his own body, right? To, you know, but we find out later, like, no, he's very much just, just a stereotypical man with stereotypical man gestures and mannerisms. Yeah, so you would think that 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 would transfer over. Yeah, to Kess. so Kess would instead be more, um, like, um, sort of stoic or yeah. um yeah. yeah like rigid not not like a little acrobat no <laughs> not like breathily whispering yeah. in people's ears like getting way too close like yeah. being a close talker and mm-hmm. like seductively like touching faces and stuff like that just it's and that, that's such a like Again, it goes back to, like, I, I don't know, like, gender stereotypes. Like, it's such a yeah. female thing. Yeah, and that's what and it like, is. And, yeah. he's, like, really enjoying that aspect of being in Kiss's body. That's what it feels like. And good for him. That's what yeah, I Yeah, good say. for him. Yeah, I see We that don't too. all get to just go and have it someone else's body. Yeah. You feel bad for Kiss, obviously, but while he's in there, 
play around in there, see how you like it. Enjoy it. Yeah. Like again, it goes back to like he just feels like a natural woman, like he just loves it, and you're like, okay, <laughs> oh, that's fine. He wears it well. Yeah, and like, I, do you think it was like a, a more innocent time back in the '90s before like you had like more like. I don't know, like no, yeah, we're different. understanding of like of different things now. Yeah, and 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 yeah, at the time we didn't have the conversations that we should be having. Yeah, we didn't have those conversations in the in the mid nineties. No, so I don't really know how it would be interpreted, how you would process, or no, back then was it just taken at face value that he was a. Stere- gender stereotypical man who's now in a in a woman's body, so he's going to act like a gender st- gender stereotypical woman. Of course he is. Like, yeah, <laughs> you know. Now we're like, oh, what does it mean? What does it say about what would it look like? Sexuality yeah. Yeah. and gender and this and that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that that's what I was talking about earlier. That's the part of the episode that I'll remember and that makes yeah. it enjoyable at all. Yeah, it's very interesting. It's yeah. just very different. Like, yeah, there's yeah. no. There's no quote unquote right answer because mm-hmm. the writers weren't writing t- to that end, right? Of what does this say about Tyran? Yeah, and like yeah, and sexuality and all of that. It was just or well, gender, now he's yeah. in Kess's body, so he's going to act like a little. But it's funny because Kess doesn't act like that either. No, it's just that he's in a woman's body, so he's uh, if he acted the way Kess acted, and if Kess always acted like that, that we wouldn't like be he's... having this conversation no. right now because he's just acting. Like Kiss, right? But it's it's that he's in a woman's body, yeah, acting like a stereotypical woman, yeah. It's like, wow, okay, guy. Not just a stereotypical woman, like a vixen, mm-hmm. stereotypical woman. Plus, like, yeah, juxtaposed with what we would assume he would have been previously, yeah. You know, which is just this like, very manly, yeah, kind of war, a domineering, yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, this is interesting. Yeah, and it it's is. gonna get more. It's, interesting. it's interesting and it's funny. <laughs> Um, so then Tyrion goes on a rampage, wanting the Imperial Hall to look as it did back when he reigned 200 years ago. Um, and then he's, he's like, so he's destroying all these things because, um, you know, it's like, uh, you don't have to show off your wealth or whatever. And he wants the Hall to look exactly like it did 200 years ago. Um, so he goes to throw a plan away, but he stops and he must smell the flowers. And this is where Kes comes in because Kes is still there. And then... Tyrion crawls up to his wife. Yeah. Again, like, just really loving, like, how that he's so tiny and he can crawl on things. Like, <laughs> he's, he crawls. He never he never uses a walkway if no. he can just, like, jump over something. Or, like, jump onto something yeah. and, like, crawl. Yeah. Like, he, like, jumps onto the table and, like, crawls to his wife and uh, he gives her a flower. Because now that I think about it, I'm like, is it even the woman aspect or is it just the tiny aspect? Did he always just want to be tiny? <laughs> he liked being a tiny woman. Like he hated right. having a bigger body. Yeah. He just wanted to be about five feet tall <laughs> and jump around on things. Yes. Which, again, what, more power to you. That's what you want to do, man. Go for it. I'm like short enough that it's not useful type of short. If I was, If I was... Eight inches shorter, I would jump around on everything. I wouldn't care. I'm 40 years old, and I would still. I'd jump over the couch. I, oh, I'd roll so under the table. You, I'd hide from you. Oh my god! In like the clothes hamper. <laughs> um, yeah, it's like God. If you won't make me taller, just please make me shorter. 
was so funny. So he gives the, the to the purple flower to his wife, and he asks her nicely to take care of uh to take care of everything that he's ordered her to do, and then also get them his new servants. Um, and then he notices that his wife is unhappy, and his wife is happy because instead of a strapping <laughs> macho man, yeah. her husband is in the body of a tiny woman and like just enjoying it way too much. But she's probably rethinking their comfort. entire marriage. Like what happened? Yeah. Like what happened? Like it's not just that you're now a tiny woman. It's that like you love being a tiny woman, which then mm-hmm. causes a problem. Like you, know you were I mean? hiding things from me. You had you had needs that weren't being met. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um and then Tyrion doesn't quite comfort his wife because he's like, nothing has changed because he still depends on her and her loyalty. And you're like, mm, that and to, isn't, and that's to, not And to grab helpful. things from high places. <laughs> you're like, that's not very comforting. Like, I'm like, what? Um, and then he goes to kiss her. But of course, this is UPN in the 90s. So they get interrupted. That's the but only... But no fear because Kess is going to be kissing a ton of people in this episode. Yeah. Well, then that takes us back to like Tyrion's original sexuality yeah. at some point. But yeah. we'll get to that we'll get when to we that. get there. We'll get there, yeah. <laughs> Um, the interruption is that the last of the current Artox line, um, so, like, the father is dead and the heir's on Voyager, and so they're dragging in the spare, and his name is Amaron. And then, again, Tyrion goes over and seduces him and is very comfortable with the whole thing, like, very comfortable trying to seduce this man, um, and, like, using Kess's feminine wiles to make the to make the seduction yeah happen? like in a way that he couldn't have done if, if, if he was a man if he was a man and yeah. we're you know and if they're all straight which mm-hmm. in the 90s all these characters would have definitely been straight you know but apparently not because i, I wouldn't classify Tyrion. that's straight. what we're that's yeah. what we're wondering that's what we'll have to get into it's because, very interesting yeah. yeah um and again so he wants an alliance with amaron um because he needs amaron's heritage to help solidify his claim so that and then when uh so they want he wants an alliance um so Tyrion will give um him amaron real power and amaron will uh, solidify his claim like that is like legitimate legitimize his claim to power but again he's crawling all over the place whispering in amaron's ear like he was born to be a tiny woman like seducing him all breathy and sexy and it's just like, man, not a lot of men could pull that off on their first day of being a tiny woman. Like, again, it's like he, he put some thought it, into like, it. Like water, fish to water. Right. Like, yeah. Like so he's always meant to be a tiny woman. Exactly. Or, yeah, or, or otherwise he thought about it a lot and now he's where he wants to be, you know? Yeah, exactly. He's like, this is how I was always planning to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Taryn uncuffs Amaron and then gives him an ultimatum. He's either going to rule with Taryn or he's going to die. Yeah. Um,. But it's funny because, like, you talked about they were, he was going to kiss his wife. Mm-hmm. Kess was going to kiss the wife. But of course, like you say, they, that was not going to happen on UPN in the mid 90s. Right. But it's funny because, like, same sex kiss at this point is nothing. Almost. Nah, I shouldn't say it's nothing. It's not nothing, but you'll see it in yeah. a lot of mainstream places now. Mm-hmm. Um, and, we, you know, it still needs to, it still needs to be more represented yeah. more. Yeah. yeah, I think. Um, but it, it's like, well, you guys blew right past same sex kiss into man in a woman's body yeah. <laughs> and just, and then like you say, taking to it naturally, like that get it, that gets into a whole other thing that they didn't even realize was 
going to eventually be, I guess you could say, controversial, you know? Yeah, yeah. That's what I think is funny. It's like the same-sex kiss was controversial at the time, but a man in a woman's body and taking to it so well as though, is this just how he is? Yeah. Like, that was nothing to them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, of course we're going to do that. Well, like, I mean, okay, I'm... well, wait 30 years because one of those things is going to be fairly mainstream and the other is not. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's why it's interesting. We hear the captain's log where Janeway says that Damas has stayed on board Voyager, but he's monitoring what's happening on Alari. So we're in uh, Janeway's ready room, and Tuvok and Janeway and Damas, um, they're talking about what's happening. And the Alari are splitting into factions. So you have Demis's faction and Tyran's faction. And then lawfully, Demis is the heir, but Demis is hiding on Voyager. So, like, why would anyone follow Demis right now at this point? He can't lead. He can't lead. Yeah. But people are following. So people are following whoever has the most power because that's how things go down. And, of course, Tyran's getting stronger every day and has been able to turn... Demas's least reliable allies, including, of course, his brother, Amaron, um, to to Tyrion's cause, betraying um, Demas. If Amaron does truly betray Demas, then a civil war will happen on Alari. January's not interested. <laughs> like She's like, I don't care. Yeah, like, again, prime directive. I have nothing to do with this. Mm-hmm. All I want is to get Kez's back. Kez back by extracting her, uh, Tyrion from her. Yeah. Um, and they're going to hear what the doctor has to say because the doctor figured out what's going on. And this is where the science goes, shows what exactly happened. So here we here we have the doctor explaining how the transfer happened. Uh, the cortical implant was automatically activated the moment of death. And it enhanced Tyrion's neural pattern and sent it out um, on his nerves. And then it... Now... This is still Star Wars to me. Really? No, because so he, so he put like he put a device. This is ridiculous. He put a he put a device in his brain. Yeah, and it got and it, it passed it, his consciousness through his body into Kess's body through bioelectric microfibers on his hands. Yes. Okay. When they came into contact with Kess, they passed Tyrion's neural pattern onto her. Through her nervous system and into his brain. And into her brain, yeah. Or into her brain, okay. And then Damas said uh, he's sure that Tyrion created something similar in Kess's body as soon as possible. Uh, the doctor thought so too, so he made a synaptic simulator, and that will tap into Kess's body and remove Tyrion from it so that her consciousness can then take over. Um, in order to use it, it would have to be directly placed on her skin, and Tuvok's like, I can do it. He's going to infiltrate the Imperial Hall and get close enough to Kes to use the device. Um, Janeway's going to need Damas's knowledge of the Hall to strategically get Tuvok close enough to use it. Yeah. So here's what I'll say then about this episode. <laughs> That's not quite Star Wars, no. But it's not Star Trek. That's... Too much. That's That's too too much. much. You're doing too much, Star Trek writers (laughs) in the 90s. But the other thing, like, here's the thing. They they needed some things to happen in this episode, and I think they took some shortcuts that then suspend disbelief. The one was in the transporter room, they needed a shuttle, but there was no reason why they should be anywhere near the shuttle bay, right? When, When Cass and all of them escaped. Yeah. So they beamed the shuttle from the shuttle bay into space Mm -hmm. we don't see it and then they beam onto the shuttle right and like that's not a thing that happens but it's like but did they not have the time the energy the resources to show us to film a scene where they run from the transporter 
room through the corridors to the shuttle bay shoot another couple of extras who would have cost money <laughs> uh, <laughs> get in yeah. the shuttle bay film a scene where the shuttle leaves the shuttle bay you know because mm-hmm. that's how by rights that's how they would have gotten off voyager yeah so instead you get this weird and it's like why are they beaming shuttles off i mean we've seen that happen but it's funny because the whole conceit of the transporter technology in the first place in the original series was that like it was the easiest way for them to get from the ship to the planet. Right. Without with needing that. a shuttle. Yeah. yeah. And so fine. But now it's like, well, we can't even get the ships out of the ship <laughs> without beaming them out of the ship. So now they're just out of the ship. So that was one shortcut. Okay. And no one can tell me that's not a shortcut, which is like, okay, fine. One shortcut. I didn't care. But now we have this thing where it's like, well, how do we get this guy's consciousness into Kess's body? But it's not a ghost or whatever. Like, oh, this thing. Okay, whatever. <laughs> I, I get, like, putting your consciousness into a device. I can mm-hmm. go, I can get there with you. And then maybe transferring from the device to another device. Mm-hmm. But again, they'd have had to have a scene where, like, how did, how would that have even happened to Kiss? Yeah. You know? Well, he touched her. No, no, I'm saying if, if they didn't have this magical oh, touching yeah, thing, yeah, right? Yeah, like, she would have had to get kidnapped have the device, you know, have the the input put on her. Yeah. So that then, like, transfer would go over electronically. But again, to me, and y'all can disagree, uh, Displace the Space Podcast at gmail.com, but that would be the more Star trek way of doing it. This yeah. is shortcut nonsense of he touches her because mm-hmm. they have cool technology and he touches her and that happened. I don't buy it. Yeah. Okay. I'm on to you once again. You. Uh, All right. So we go back to the Imperial Hall and Tyrion slash Kess is getting Kess's body set up with that same implant that the old body had. Um, Tyrion, but also Tyrion also wants the doctor to uh, check his headaches uh, because he needs the headaches to be fixed. However, the doctor's like, uh, the headaches are due to Kess refusing to accept Tyrion's mm. neural patterns. She is an unwilling host. So I guess all his other hosts for the past 200 years have been willing hosts. That's kind of like Trill. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, but Kess has a lot of spirit and Tyrion thinks it's invigorating. But it's not invigorating. It's really just making him weaker. And uh, Tyrion's, the doctor's like, your neural patterns are going to become unstable if you stay in this host. So you need to move to a more suitable body. But Tyrion likes the body too much. And he claims that he likes it for the expanded cognitive <laughs> abilities. But I feel like, again, he just really likes being a tiny woman. Exactly. Um, <laughs> Tyrion goes on to monologue about all the ways he has defeated death and and naysayers. And he refuses to lose to a little girl like Kess. And it's like, you aren't, you don't want people underestimating you. Like, you shouldn't underestimate Kess either. Right. So down in the Imperial Hall, they're having a staff meeting. And... Um, we hear that Damas is gaining some followers, but Tyrion is also gaining support. And he's disgusted by the greed of people and considers himself a moral leader. And his leadership is the most moral. Yeah. And um, But in the middle of the meeting, he senses Tuvok. And so he has the room sealed and he's looking for Tuvok. And all of the guards have... Full masks on. Which right? I don't know why you would do that. You're just asking for assassination. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Whatever. Yeah, you don't want to be able to identify anyone who comes in or out. But yeah, so they all have full masks on. 
And she's like, Cass is like ripping them off. Like she keeps, it's almost like, um, yeah, like she keeps thinking it's this one. And so she rips the mask off, but it's not that one. And like, it's this one. No. And then um, it turns out to be one that she doesn't rip his mask off. And he manages to put the simulator on her. It's Tuvok. And, but it doesn't work. And now they've captured Tuvok. All right, interrogation room. So we have Tuvok and then we have Kiss Tyrion. And Tyrion is trying to get information from Tuvok, but of course Tuvok refuses to give up anything. Then Tyrion goes to a wall and pouts, and I thought that was pretty hilarious. Yeah. Tyrion was a character. <laughs> Tyrion was. Tyrion, Tyrion had like a lot of personality. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm going to say. <laughs> Then Tyrion, he reaches into Tuvok's mind, and he does. And Tyrion does succeed, um, and again, then goes to try to seduce Tuvok. And then uh, he even has the he even says the words like something that you've desired. And Tuvok's like, I've never desired kiss, and I believe Tuvok. Yeah, like, it's so crazy. But Tyrion. Again, I would think he's like, well, I would desire kiss, so you would desire kiss too. Everyone yeah. would desire kiss. Yeah. Except Neelix. Which gives him that confidence mm-hmm. to like act the way that he does with Kess's body. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. I am desirable. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I des- I would desire me, so I am yeah, I'm desirable. Um and so um then like again, like Tyrion brushes um Kess's hand against like Tuvok's lips. And it's just the weirdest and the most jarring thing. And then Tyrion kisses Tuvok. And I'm like, what? So then, like, that's your first kiss. And again, like, it's one thing, like, it's Kess kissing. It's like, you know, the actress Kess kissing the actor Tuvok. That's totally fine on UPN in 1996. But in reality, it's Tyrion kissing Tuvok. Right. And that's where... As a freed woman. And that's one of those things where I feel like they blew right past the things they thought were controversial and like no you just made it controversial again yeah <laughs> because this is a same-sex kiss in a way yeah because i is. don't care that it's physically that and that's where it, they were delving into an area that we're only now actually talking about in society like, like yeah you know just um your gender identity and yeah. those types of things because it doesn't matter what body Tyrion is in. Tyrion yeah. is a identifies, man, as, a identifies man. as a man who just kissed another man. Yeah. And that's why it's hilarious to me. Yeah. <laughs> so Kiss can't kiss the wife, but Tyrion can kiss Tuvok. Yeah. But he's playing a man. Everyone regards him as Tyrion. Yeah. So I don't know and, why. And or maybe they knew what man. they were doing, too. Maybe they were yeah. like, ha, we are going to slip the same-sex kiss through. Yeah. And no one can complain because it's a, it's a female actress and a male actor. Yeah. But yeah, so maybe they're good on you if you did it. If you mm-hmm. did it, if you did this intentionally, Star Trek writers. Yeah. <laughs> and then it's like, but does Tyrion identify as a man? Like, you know what I mean? Or does he because really again, identify as a woman? Only because he took two Kess's body so, so well. well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's it's interesting. And again, we, there's no right answer. There's there's nothing but contemplation about it. <laughs> like, but what? it's one of the what more fascinating things I've seen. <laughs> On Voyager. Yes. Yeah, yeah it really is. It's this, like, it's this puzzle that we'll never be able to figure out. No. Yeah. yeah. Um, I will say that I'm sure that that uh, was on every promo. That kiss was on oh, every yeah. promo and all the commercials for oh, this absolutely. episode. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. 
Um, however, that gives Ch- uh, Tuvok a chance to get a hold of Kess's cheek, and he tries to reach Kess. And he actually is able to bring Kess to the front. Um, and Kess tells Tuvok she's there and she's fighting him. And Tuvok's like, of course you're fighting. I know you're fighting. And then Tuvok gives her this advice to tap into Tiran's strings and make them Kess's. So Tuvok says that he is with Kess and Kess should not let go. But then Tiran comes back and throws Tuvok against a wall with his mind. And that's pretty cool. And then it knocks Tuvok out. <laughs> and then uh, in the Voyager conference room... Uh, now they need to go get both Tuvok and Kes. Don't keep feeding them people. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, Voyager's going to have a team that will beam uh, onto the planet and Damas and his advanced guard will meet them two kilometers away from the Imperial Hall. Neelix, of course, wants to go. Hey, she broke up with you, man. <laughs> Leave it alone. <laughs> but he was like, oh, but did she break up with me as her or as Tyrion? <laughs> yeah, Exactly. So uh, Janeway acquiesces. Um, they're trying to figure out how to knock out the detection technology so they can do a surprise attack. We know Janeway's good at surprise attacks ever <laughs> since the shoot. Yeah. That was so her cool. best surprise attack. Yeah, exactly. And um, Tyrion transmits into the meeting. So he kind of, uh, yeah, communicates in. And he just wants to gloat that he's still in control of Kess's body. <laughs> It's the best thing that has ever happened to him in 200 <laughs> years. And now he's got Tuvok as a prisoner. And he also lets Voyager know that he knows about the weaknesses in the detection grid. Chakotay wonders if it was supposed to be a trap, then why is Tyrion telling Voyager about it? Um, but he says he wanted to warn Voyager because Voyager is good people and they helped Tyrion out when his ship was going to explode. Um, and then they see him get a terrible headache. And, um, but then he says this was his friendly warning, but it's also his last warning. Chakotay and Janeway give each other this meaningful look. And <laughs> what do you think about that, Angelina? Now they can talk without saying anything at all. They like literally look at each other like, hmm. And they like, they spoke without speaking. <laughs> that's a, that's the relationship that they have. That's, that's the, <laughs> that's the work relationship that they have. <laughs> They said it best when they they said said nothing nothing at all. Yeah, it's so true. It's so true. You're like, man, okay. Um, So we're in the Imperial Hall, and Tyrion wants to send out two warships to head off Voyager. Um, And again, like, Tyrion just is not well, but he refuses to listen. And then uh, the doctor the doctor uh, finds out that Tyrion cannot sleep because Kes is there whenever Tyrion sleeps. And it's rightfully pointed out that Tyrion cannot sleep. He, like... He can't stay awake forever. And that's what the little doctor man says. As, like, as parents of a newborn, <laughs> yes, you can. <laughs> um, Voyager's leaving orbit. And um, and then Tyrion just lets Voyager go. And everyone's like, why are you just letting Voyager go? Like, number one, they have the air of Artok on there. And we could get them. Um, and then, like, Tyrion just, like, I refuse. he refuses to explain himself and orders everybody out. And then Tyrion sits down and falls asleep. <laughs> like... This guy. He sounds every bit like a like a weird dictator. Though. <laughs> he really does. Yeah, you're like, man, you sure are some else. Like something else. You're a real piece of work there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We we're inside Kess's mind now, and we see Tyrion and Kess. And again, Tyrion just looks like a, like a so he looks like an like the art like the Ilarians. Yeah, like, he's just a he's a he's a large male. male. Yeah, like you would basically cast a. A, an autocrat or, you know a, a domineering leader yeah yeah um 
<laughs> but but inside he's got he's got dreams and wishes of who he really wants to be. Yeah, exactly. And um Kes tells him that he's losing the battle against her and uh, he says not to underestimate or she says not to underestimate her. And um um if she needs to re- or he needs to release her and uh or she's going to force him out. And then Tyrion tries to get Kes's cooperation. And he reminds her that they both killed together, um, but did they really? It's not very suspect, no. Yeah. I mean, he was controlling her body in every way. The only thing she's got on him is headaches at this point. Yeah, exactly. And a love for flowers. (laughs) So um, Tyrion wants Kes to continue to serve his will, and then he gets way too close to Kes. So maybe he is just a close talker. (laughs) Maybe he just likes to seduce people. He's a yeah. close talker. So but I know yeah. that this big lumbering guy was not crawling all over the furniture. No, he wasn't, and he wasn't no. doing nothing that. None of that. <laughs> no, no. Um, he tries to seduce Cass the way that he seduces the other people as Cass. Um, so. And I'm just like, I don't see how pawing at people works. <laughs> like, because if someone came up to me and, like, got way too close to me and tried to paw at me, like, I I'm like... I wouldn't do what they I'd wanted be, me like, to do. like, you're so creeped out. Right. Like, get away from me. <laughs> you are a close talker. <laughs> mm, on, on Illyria, maybe it works differently. The, the closer the talker you are, the more power you have. <laughs> um, and then uh, Kes and Tyrion fight. Mm-hmm. And Kes is winning because... Um, Tyrion's becoming more unstable. So then we go back to the Imperial Hall and Tyrion wakes up because he was in such a deep sleep that they had to simulate him to get Tyrion back. Like they had to use a, sim- they had to use a stimulant to get Tyrion back. They had a lady rub his feet. <laughs> he is told that he must transfer out of the body before he destroys him. And it's like, just do, just dr- get out of the body. Like she doesn't want you there. But Tyrion wants nothing to do with that. And then... Tyrion kills um, the doctor with his mind, and um, and then Tyrion screams that to nobody, like like in this empty hall with this dead person on the floor, that he is stronger than ever. And you're like, you are falling apart. The, like, why are the you so dark crazy? side of the force is is coursing I'm through like, him? How are you? How did you see a life for two hundred years and you fall apart like now, like? <laughs> He never encountered a kiss. Yeah, exactly. It's so weird. Then we're in the banquet area of that Imperial Hall, and Tyrion slash Kess is acting erratic, of course. So normal for them. <laughs> <laughs> if they were just sitting reading a book, you'd be worried. <laughs> like, what the yeah. um, But tonight they're celebrating, because they're on the brink of winning, and Alari will be Tyrion's. Uh, but there's another thing that they're celebrating, and then Tyrion introduces them to his husband-to-be... Amaron. Yeah. And then they make out because, again, on the surface, that's fine for Kes to be kissing Amaron. Like, no qualms. But subtext, Tyrion is making out with Amaron. It's not even really subtext. No, it's just, if you're following the plot, that's what's happening. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Full on making out. And, like, no qualms about it. Just, like, enjoying himself, like, Mm -hmm. so much. And you're like. (laughs) So then Amaron is uh, dismissed to go stand away somewhere. And then Tyrion uh, tries to tell his wife that Amaron means nothing to him. It's just an empty political alliance. But Amaron's the one who he'll kiss. Yeah. And the wife is not. Yeah, you know? exactly. That's mm-hmm. it's just it's just uh, the way the way things were. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then he demands that his wife tell him that she still loves him, which is it's wild, it's gross, 
It's toxic. Uh, is she honestly like as again? I, I I praised the actress before. I do think the actress that plays the wife is good, but as the character, you don't. I don't really see this character being his wife, being a loyal as a wife anyway. Yeah, she doesn't really seem like she's into it. No, because the kid's a tiny woman. Yeah, is that? But she doesn't seem like she has any of his. Um, like menace or conniving oh, yeah. quality, you know? Yeah. They're not partners in crime. No, yeah. She seems almost like a decent person in a way. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, that was that was odd to me. Yeah. But also, like, it could be, like, she's one of those wives who, like, can't get away from a, a domineering. Well, no, they said that she's a political extremist, so. It, oh, yeah. well. She doesn't seem very extreme to me. No. no <laughs> I guess that's no. what it is. So, um. So the wife does tell him that she still loves him, and then Tyrion gets another headache, and um, he makes an allusion to a threesome. Yeah, and so then, it would be it would be him, Amaron, and the wife. Yeah. Um. So he, he wants. He wants. So a now poly we're going into another well, place. So that's he wants like, a poly relationship. Yeah. Like, you're like what? Again, this is like always stuff that's like front of mind or top of mind to us now. I feel like. Maybe you and I more so. I think we probably talk about this stuff even more than most people. But it wouldn't have been anything that anyone was really talking um, radars, about uh, yeah. on a show that would have aired at 8 o'clock on a Wednesday or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. It's like, okay, well, you're going there now. Uh, and it's that's the part of the episode that keeps me hanging on to this episode. Not the political... Yeah. Alliance stuff, or how Voyager's gonna sneak in and get Tuvok, or all of that is like, what are you gonna pull out of your bag of tricks next? <laughs> What's happening? <laughs> yeah, what's super funny is that uh, Amaron seems like super into it. Um, but again, like, so you're like, what well, Amaron's like, yeah, yeah, I want a threesome with you two, yeah, like, interesting, yeah, uh, okay, there's a lot to unpack with these characters, and we never will. <laughs> <laughs> The wife is having issues with it, of course, and uh, Tyrion, um, he doesn't want to doubt his wife's loyalty, um, but but you say that like <laughs> that shouldn't be a sign of loyalty, is getting involved in a threesome? Yeah, like being willing to get involved in a threesome and loyalty, I don't, there's, there's not a connection there. Yeah, see, like, that, and that's why I say, like, does, is she is she more of, of just a very put-upon spouse yeah because no that's not a sign of loyalty that's a sign of just i'll do whatever you tell me to do which i think is different you know yeah. it's subservience it's a sign of subservience yeah and loyalty and subservience are the same thing um so then Tyrion starts to fight outwardly with kes so everyone can see him fighting with yeah kes, but and only hear his side of the conversation he's getting more unstable which is a bad sign for Tyrion. <laughs> um and then a soldier comes in with bad news. Demas's fleet and Voyager are coming for them, and the Imperial Hall is outnumbered. Uh, the soldier wants to get Tyrion to the reinforced shelter that they have. Uh, Tyrion is not going to be running during his celebration of his marriage news. Uh, so food and drink instead of tactile planning. And he makes the first Castilian drink while threatening him, uh, threatening to shoot him. And then he starts ranting about libraries and how everyone should have a garden. <laughs> but, of course, the garden would, would be uh, like a sign of Kess, Kess yeah. you know, trying to get out or one of her personality traits. And then they're attacked in the palace hall and Tyrion 
starts to really go crazy now. So I mean, I think I think the Voyager writers created a, a really solid, interesting character with yeah, this kid. Who I wouldn't too. I wouldn't mind seeing him again. I don't think we will. I don't know how we will because he seems very contained to this world and and their political um, situation. But he is fun. Yeah, he is fun. He's a lot of fun. <laughs> Truly is. Um, and so then we're in Tuvok's cell, and Paris comes in, and she's the cell open and rescues Tuvok, and then they get in fights with guards. It's very action-y. They're like, yeah. I guess they figured out that, like, Tom Paris is their action man. <laughs> I don't remember. Was Harry Kim there, and did he have a shirt on? No, Harry oh. Kim was out there. It was just Tom Paris and oh, Tuvok. Okay. They're like, oh, we're going to keep pairing Tuvok and Paris together, and then we're going to keep giving Paris, like, um, these, uh, like, kind action-y of action. things to do. Yeah. yeah. For when we spin him off into his own <laughs> uh, Walker, Texas Ranger. <laughs> Uh, inside the Imperial Hall, Tyrion's wife is telling Tyrion not to give in and to fight Kess. Janeway, Neelix, and Chakotay, they've infiltrated the hall, and they have the device again, the little device that they're going to use to... Uh, is this the one that's going to suck Tyrion out of Kess? Yes. Yeah. yeah. They ambush the hall, and they're able to get to Tyrion slash Kess, but... Um, and Tyrion and Kess are backed up against the wall, and then Neelix has the simulator... And he's trying to put it on her, but um, she's going to shoot Neelix, so Neelix has to shoot first. So that's very um, kind of interesting wrinkle in their little dynamic. Yeah, it's sent to stun, I'm sure. I, I think it was just Kess that was going to shoot Neelix. Mm-hmm. It wasn't even Tyrion. <laughs> they, they put the, the simulator on to Kess, and then she wakes up, but she knows that Tyrion just moved to another body, so... That they would think that um, you know he was he was dispatched with or whatever, um, and he ends up he turned out into Amaron or he or he moved into Amaron, and so then she sticks the sim- simulator on Amaron, and then Tyrion is finally put into the little tiny device that they made for him. Um, he would be glad to know that it is a tiny device. <laughs> And then Amaron's taken away, and Kes gives Damas the ruling collar. So everything is right on this planet called, what, Illyria? Yeah, Ilari. Ilari? Tuvok um, <laughs> and Kes, they have, they're in Kes's quarters, and she she's trying to decompress. So Kes is just really struggling with what happened. Um, her mind is like a turbulent ocean, and no matter how many times Tuvok gives her these meditations, she can't meditate. Um, and then Tuvok tells her that she just needs patience to heal. And really, she's going to have to feel the full emotional impact of her experience and like work through it and process it. Um, Kes is distraught over all the deaths that were committed by her hand. But Tuvok says those weren't her actions. Those were Tyrion's. And it's not her fault. And then Kes was like, I could have fought harder. And Tuvok's like, I don't know how much harder you could have fought. Like, you already fought him off. Like, the only reason why he was defeated is because you refused to give up and let go. Um, and she fought enough, so she and she can't ask any more of herself than what she did. Um, and then Kes says everything is different now. Her thoughts, her perceptions, and her relationship with her closest friends. And she says Tuvok, she says the doctor, and she says Neelix. And I'm like, oh, interesting that Tom Paris isn't part of that group anymore. <laughs> like, you know what I well, mean? Well, why would her relationship with him be different, though? Just based on this episode. Well, because she said the closest, her, her closest friends. Oh, I see. Yeah. So Tuvok is the doctor and Neelix. So she's like, so those are who she counts as her closest friends. Yeah. So like she no longer counts Paris as one of well, her Well, if friends. I was Neelix, I'd be upset that I'm in friend category. I just got friend zoned. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Um, and then Tuvok says, you're a great kisser. <laughs> Here's my number. 
Um, and she just wants to go back to normal and like live her life as if nothing had happened. And Tuvok's like, well, you can't do that. I'm like, well, very comforting Tuvok. <laughs> and he's like, you're going to have to adapt. And you realize that you're now a different person <laughs> and like figure out what your new life is going to look like. And you're like, well, I wonder if it's going to be a Neelix list life. Yeah. <laughs> Kes is not comforted, and you know what? I would not be either. That's not what you want to hear when you're like... We <laughs> really need a ship's counselor. <laughs> yeah, they really need a ship's counselor. Unfortunately, Kes, you typically are the ship's counselor. <laughs> <laughs> Sucks when you need comfort. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Maybe she should have been talking to Janeway. She always gets comfort from Janeway. Yeah. What a ride! That was... Uh, yeah. Tyrion was something else. Tyrion was, like, Tyrion was like my favorite villain so far. Yeah. He's I think so, yeah. He was. Yeah. So what did you think of this episode? Um, I thought it was, it was really interesting. Like I, um, Kat, the actress who played Kessa had to do like a lot, um, and she did a good job. I felt like she was given a lot to do, so and she did it. Yeah, I wonder if it was one of those situations where she was saying like, "I don't get to," you know. Every once in a while, I feel like they put the characters in a position where they have to be a different character. Yeah, and I wonder this if this is... was her turn. Like I th- I mentioned that before like they put the actors in a situation where they have to get the the heavy makeup on, you know, mm-hmm. so yeah. that the guy who plays Neelix feels better, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but then also yeah, then they get him in a situation where you have to act as a different character because it probably does get pretty boring yeah, to just be Torres same. or to just be Kess or whatever every single day. I think it's interesting that within like it's very sim- like very close by we've had two like, Blanche Torres was a different person, and now Kiss was a different person. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, so that, I thought that was interesting. Um, I do think it, it, it was, I think it was, like, only, could only be written in the 90s, like, or, like, it certainly couldn't be written nowadays. Because, like you said, like, now we have, like, we, we expanded our, we've expanded, like, our understanding of different things that regarding gender yeah. and sexuality in such a way that, like, it would be like inextricably linked to the conversation about gender identity and sexual identity and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas back then it was like, oh, we can we can think that it was a if you want to call it a more innocent time or whatever. Yeah. You know. Or just like yeah. Yeah. They just they weren't trying to make any kind of a statement no, on no. that. Because it wasn't it wouldn't have been in, something that most people were even thinking about. Yeah, exactly. Kind of like the episode with Riker, where he went to the society that the society that was genderless society. Yeah, but it was played more as like Riker's reaction to that because he wanted a relationship with this person. Yeah, and not so much about the implications of having a genderless society, society. You know, yeah. which is because then you get into you know being non-binary and things but that wasn't even really a term that anyone would have heard whenever that episode was was made and this is kind of the same thing yeah yeah Yeah, that's true that is true um so i think that that, that, that's what made it the most interesting i think it was like a very good time capsule for the 90s and (laughs) and watching it was like so like more interesting based upon like that aspect of it because now we have so much more understanding of different things you know yeah and we have like language that goes with it and stuff like that so um yeah um again it was mostly like a kiss episode but not really a kiss episode a kiss episode where she's pretending to be someone else yeah they tried to make it a kiss episode a little bit by having her fight him and then having that little scene at the end where she's having to resolve her feelings about everything that happened but yeah, yeah. you're right it wasn't 
really a kiss episode. No, and then there was that good moment between Jacote and Janeway when they looked at each other and spoke without words. Um, <laughs> but- you found that. Two seconds of... <laughs> it wasn't bad. It, it definitely is infinitely watchable. And it was it was very interesting and a fun episode to watch. So um, I guess I'll give it a B minus. I give it like an 84%. Okay. Yeah, you, it, it wasn't a Kess episode. It was a Tyrion episode. <laughs> yeah, it was. And Tyrion was a delight. But yeah, that's the thing. If you're going to make an episode about a character who's not one of the regular characters, then it better be an interesting character. And, and he, he was definitely, definitely fun and interesting. Yeah. yeah, He was erratic and crazy. It was just all kind of joy. And you're usually the one who, who will um, give a lot more uh, weight to an episode that's ridiculous, <laughs> but I'm gonna I'm gonna steal your uh, your approach there too because this episode is very novel. Yeah, and it's it is very, very novel. ridiculous. Yeah. All the reasons why, like the plot is just really cookie cutter, and if it wasn't for all the stuff that we talked about when it comes to the gender role stuff, the the personality switching, mm-hmm. the gender switching, sexual identity, all of that stuff that. That they didn't really, I don't think they knew they were stumbling into when they wrote the episode. Then this episode would be so boring. Yeah. It'd be so boring. It'd be like the shoot kind of all over again. Yeah. But because it's got all that that fun stuff that, that was probably not intentional, like I think it raises the, the my, it's going to raise my grade. That's for <laughs> sure. Um, because yeah, like you say, it's definitely watchable and rewatchable, but not for the reasons that they, thought that they were thought yeah um and then i do and i'm curious about the neelix thing i think they are going somewhere with that because like with that with what tuvok says at the end there you know like you're yeah. changing blah, blah, blah. like they didn't have to put that in there because at the end of the day like these people get possessed all the time you know yeah, like exactly. it's not usually something for them to sit there and have to ponder all their life choices now right so i think they're going somewhere with that they wouldn't bring it up i don't think mm. if if it wasn't going to play a role uh, so it might be the end of the neelix uh, kiss yeah terrible relationship that we actually don't really see they don't highlight it at all like that's since the beginning of the second episode no so so yeah so if There's i no think point to it. them both being unencumbered would actually be better, better for, for the show yeah. yeah and the yeah show, the characters yeah. yeah you could do more with them then yeah um oh and one quick question i don't remember was the doctor still doing the thing where he can be anywhere yeah he was in the conference room he was in the conference room when uh they first met the the um heir to the art talk well doctor it was fun while it lasted <laughs> you were a good character uh we'll see we'll see <laughs> Um, so anyway, I'm going to give it a, um, you said B my, I'm going to go with, uh, I'll say a B. Oh, yeah, it was fun. Tell us what you think. Email us at displacedinspacepodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Instagram and Facebook at displacedinspacepodcast. All of this and more can be found on our website, displacedinspace.com. And if you'd like to make this podcast better and stronger, the site also has links to Venmo and PayPal. Finally, if people are enjoying the podcast, what should they do, Angelina? Subscribe. What else? Leave a review wherever you're listening. And what else? Tell a friend. Okay, then. Until next time. Podcast Podcast out. out.